Now, I do see you as a, a confident person and that view hasn't changed even though I now know you cry in the shower <laughs> constantly. <laughs> All the time, but buddy. <laughs> I still <laughs> I still see you as a confident person. Now, what what, what would you say is, is, is a fear that you still kind of deal with that's maybe irrational or people that know you very well would be surprised to know about you? Hmm. It's an interesting, it's a good question. I have, I'd have to Hello, family. Welcome to the Fearful Action Podcast, where we believe that action equals freedom and taking consistent fearful action is the best way to build confidence and fight fears. Everything worthwhile in life is just outside of taking fearful actions. I'm very excited today. My guest is Diego Savone. He's one of my best friends. We've known each other for a long, long time. And why I love this guy is that I've learned a lot from him. I've learned compassion from him. He's always seeking to understand instead of being understood. He's a lot more accepting of people and less judgmental than I am. He's had many successes in his career in, in management. Uh, he's worked as an electrician, as a builder, and uh, now he's working for the Ontario College of Trades as a trade analyst. Uh, he has encouraged me to speak my mind more and more and stand up for what I believe in. Being his friend has made me more, a uh, more confident person. He's a bit older and has uh, been with his wife for about 14 years now, and I've been with mine for three, so I've learned a lot from him on how to be a better husband. He's a very hardworking guy with a beautiful wife and two amazing kids. He's always there for me when I need him, unless he's already in his pajamas playing online video games, and in that case, forget it, I'm fucked. So my absolute favorite thing about him is, is his ability to question everything and not just do something because everyone else is doing it. So I've learned a lot from him and I'm excited to have a conversation with him today. And so please welcome uh, Diego to the show. Diego, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Jules. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, today we uh, want to talk about, you know, how fear keeps people from living better lives, right, and reaching their full potential. And, um, you know, you're definitely one of my most uh, confident friends, I would say. And I'm, I'm, I'm curious to, uh, to learn a bit more and, you know, who or what has influenced you most to, to give you the, the confidence in yourself and, and take chances even while feeling some fears. Well, I guess I would have to say the person that influenced me the most would, have, would be my father, um, he wasn't around much when I was a kid, but um, when he was, he definitely, uh, uh, I guess he showed me by example um, how to not only be confident, but I believe, and so does he, that uh, confidence comes from some form of, uh, of proving to yourself you are able to um, deal with challenges that come through life. So I guess I've dealt with many, many challenges, but my first example of seeing that would have been my father. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and so when you say um, building confidence through, uh, I guess, trying different things, like wh what do you mean? Um, you uh, sure, you could be trying different things. For me, it was more approving. Um, whenever there was a difficult moment in my life, whether in childhood, in adolescence, or in adulthood, I um, tried to solve it in the best way I could. I noticed early that when I was successful in dealing with it, and by that I mean the outcome that I uh, was hoping for was achieved, it would build my confidence. Mm -hmm. um, if it wasn't, then I would um, 
that was the challenge for me. And, and I think through my formative years, I was lucky enough to view my failures as, um, as learning opportunities to keep building my character. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I know what you mean. And, and you said that um, he, he influenced you in a, in a positive way, uh, but he wasn't uh, around a lot during your, your childhood. How, how did that affect you in terms of having to fill in some of those gaps, right? I'm sure there were things that happened mm -hmm. maybe at school or in life in general where maybe he wasn't there for you to turn to. Um, how did you deal with, with life when it was just you? Well, I, I made a lot of mistakes. I, I made a lot of mistakes. I, 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 like anyone without much guidance, I, I was left to my own devices. I, was, I had to figure out what it meant to, uh, to be a good person. And so I wasn't for a long time. But what I did know, and I think what made me special, was I, for some reason, understood pain because my father's pain. And because of my own pain, uh, my unique uh, childhood experiences. Um, and because of that, it made me um, uh, a bit more understanding or empathetic to the pain. And I, when I was young, I, wasn't, I didn't know quite how to handle that in terms of relationships. But I was aware of it. And as I grew into um, an understanding, it did serve me well. So it sounds like there was just... A lot of trial and error and oh, basically yeah. reflecting and and learning from it okay and uh, I uh, because of my own pain um, which I believe was um, you know not more or less than anyone anybody else's but for some reason it just made me aware of others pain and actually it drove me to kind of uh, um, help people through their pain the best that I could and I, and and you know as I grew I got better at that mm-hmm when I was young, I was horrible, as you remember, right? We met 20 years ago. Yeah. About. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't use the word horrible, but you've definitely grown <laughs> over the years, just like I have yes. and, and, and most people uh, have. Uh, and um, so that, that, that brings me to, to a question that I have, right? So for myself, um, you know, in the last, let's say, five years, uh, there's been a, a lot of growth on, on my part, and I seek mentors and uh, support groups. I did some some therapy and basically reaching out for to anyone and, and reading books and things like that. And I know that for yourself, you've grown a lot as well, but I don't think you've reached out, um, you know, outside of just friends. And, you know, there hasn't been any, you know, and like in my case, I would call it professional help, right? So what, what do you attribute mm -hmm your recent growth too? Well, um, I did have professional help, but just not in the time you knew me. So when I was, um, I guess, an, an, a young adult and adolescent and even a child, I, I, was, I did see therapists to deal with my childhood trauma. Um, and that kind of gave me a perspective or, or opened up conversations that I don't think would have normally opened up to someone without that. Mm -hmm. um, so... Um, and it was a hard uh, thing to do, especially young, because, you know, you have to find someone you can really trust to kind of guide you through your feelings. And that was hard when I was young. So, But I understood the process. And then I, um, I took a lot of psychology courses when I was at university and kind of educated myself on 
on different things. And then as I, as I go through life, I like to stay educated on, um, and just like you do as well, Jules, on, um, you know, on how things affect us, how, um, you know, your first podcast was on procrastination and, um, we did a deep dive into, uh, at one point me and you and, and Andrew into, um, into that and I, I like doing that kind of research and I like looking into things and also I have many people around me who have kind of um, also been in some way therapists and uh, with bringing the knowledge you've acquired to my experience right okay so it sounds like you've been able to kind of tap into your existing network through others experience but I guess the uh, the credit that that's important uh, and the point that's important for the listeners is that you you were seeking to improve, right? You were self-aware on where you can improve, where you can get better, and you were Not receptive. Always. Not always, but I well, for me, it was about um, when uh, I guess when I hurt people or when my actions were hurting myself. Um, once that realization came in. And then I was motivated to change. Uh, mm-hmm. But sometimes you don't really see it, right? right? Sometimes you are blinded. That's why you need a community, I think, to point those things out to you. And also thoughtful um, meditation or um, journaling or however you want to capture your day also helps. Because then you can think back on your successes or opportunities of your day that might highlight these issues that uh, I, for me, it was hard at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I think for all of us is hard. Yeah. Right. How do you know exactly what it is your um, opportunities are? Okay, so so we, we started off by talking about confidence, right? Um, and, right. and our show is, is also, you know, about fears and, and overcome overcoming fears. And, and they're, they're, they're some, somehow um, somewhat related um, to, to each other, right? So you talked about, you know, journaling, you know, being self-aware, taking advice from, from others and, and being open to, to change. So for somebody out there that that's listening now and is maybe, you know, maybe suffering from feeling like they have low self-esteem and that is, you know, manifesting uh, itself into them doing less, trying different things and and just letting fear take over their lives. Like what advice would you give to somebody out there that is just living in their comfort zone, in their bubble, and they just want to try new things, but they're just afraid? What would you say to them? Well, I think that the obvious thing to say, um, what I tell people who I feel need to hear it is just do it. Uh, You know, the old Nike slogan, there is nothing like building confidence by putting yourself in situations that are uncomfortable and coming out successful or happy. You prove to yourself in these challenging times what you can do, and we all have that opportunity every day. So that would be my first thing. But I also want to recognize that perhaps that's a a challenge for people, you know, um, depending on what their their uh, issues are Um, but I think in order to build confidence confidence I think comes from uh, yourself and it's a feeling we give to ourselves as and we prove to ourselves as we move through life give yourself the opportunity to prove that to yourself and don't be so hard on yourself if you come up shy just Mm -hmm. keep trying 
I guarantee if you try, get up, try, get up, try, you will prove your worth. You will prove your character to yourself. And that's all confidence is. Um, and of course, for me, it depends on the actual, for example, I do a lot of public speaking. Mm-hmm. And I, it, it's very nerve-wracking to st- stand up in front of a crowd and say your piece for many reasons. Um, and the reason I bring this up is a strategy I use to overcome the fear in that setting is to be prepared. So there's, uh, and that's something we can get into later. But um, it's uh, you. My advice is to just go, just do it, just do what is uh, what that it what that is that scares you. And if you want that to be a little easier. Go come to that line. Go get ready to race on that line. Prepared. Um, do some mm-hmm. homework, research what it is that you are, what you're struggling with, and then go. If it's a fear of heights, you know, research the psychology behind it, and then get up on that building. It's a silly example, but um, that's would be my biggest advice. And I think that's um, how you live your life too, Jules. Now, right? I, that's what I'm what I'm trying as um, as a strategy, right? I think that's that's good advice. Um, you know, coming coming prepared, you know, works on on the part of it where it's you you know you feel better about what you're doing, so you're willing to try it. But we also have to be careful sometimes because, you know, I could speak for myself where I've suffered from what we call you know paralysis through analysis, right? So so never feeling prepared enough makes us want to over prepare and then you try to cover all basis and then fear just overwhelms you and then you just think you, you can't do it right so i think that uh, you hit on 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 good points there about being prepared but i think the number one thing is just do it be okay with failing and the other one that i've learned recently i'm glad you brought up is to just not be so hard on ourselves right because if you try something you know, um, a lot of people don't. The fact that you did try, you know, that's a confidence builder. No matter what the result is, it's all about your intentions when you're attempting something, right? We think about, you know, the fact that, you know, there are many challenges for for people when it comes to finding work that, that they love, doing something that's that's meaningful. You, you've had a, a recent... Um, career change a, a few years ago and um, I'm curious to know like where where you're at today when you think about potentially you know trying something new or or the future of you in in your career now like the, the question I have is if if you knew that you know failure was was impossible that you knew that getting into something new you could not fail what would you be doing for a living? That's a good question. I really love what I've been able to do in the last couple of years. So, uh, but um, what I would really like to do, you know, I, I've spent my whole life trying to figure that out. I don't think the, the the hard part for my life is that I've never really figured that out. I've been more of a searcher. I think I like to be a searcher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, like I've always talked to you about, Jules, uh, that I enjoyed the research part, but hated writing the essays. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I, I, um, and that's part of my job now lets me do that. You know, I still have to present my information, but there's a big emphasis on the, uh, on the research, on the diving into things that I would like to dive into. Um, and then presenting it in a way that I like to present it, which is, uh, normally orally, 
um, but I also also writing it down in a report. I um, in terms of you know a career path, it's I've never I don't, it's hard for me to pinpoint that because I've I've always said that was the one thing I was unlucky to find you know and actually if I, if I had been uh, you know seventeen years old and said I want to be a firefighter, I think I could have. Uh, I w- uh, you know, I would have accomplished that goal and been happy, maybe, mm, <laughs> maybe not. Right. I've I've always been um, uh, different in that way. There was never really a job that stood out. Uh, it was the search, and I, I've been lucky through my life. And and you know, it is scary because there's change coming. Um, and now that I'm older, but I've been lucky. There's been a lot of change in my life, um, and that has prepared me. Um, to understand it the best that I can, which is um, not to fear it, but to see it as an opportunity. Uh, opportunity, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's challenging, um, you know, if uh, like it is for any type of change. But I've uh, proven to myself through the years that uh, um, change to me has been uh, something that either drives me to focus on something more. Uh, and leads me to uh, into better uh, opportunities. Uh, so, and that's something I think that's important. We, a change is tough. Right. Um, change is sometimes you are forced into it, and when you are, it can be real tough. Mm-hmm. And then other times, you, you, depending on your situation, perhaps you need to make a change. You yourself have to make that happen, and that's scary too. Every time you take that challenge or come to that, come up against that door and you walk through with um, prepared um, and you prove to yourself um, that overcoming those types of challenges it once again it builds your character and increases your confidence in dealing with those situations Mm -hmm. right okay so so it sounds like you're 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 happy where where you're at but you're okay with the you're okay with the journey right you're still kind of figuring it oh, out yeah, yeah. and it's not a, it's not a position you don't want to be in um you are open it sounds like you're open to other uh, possibilities uh but mm-hmm. and you welcome the challenge as well you did touch on the fact that sometimes people have to make a move and it's not mm-hmm. their decision right so let's talk about mm-hmm. where you were before you got this job right so unfortunately in the position you were the decision was made for you right uh, because of the case that uh, you know that the, the, I guess the company went in in a different direction I guess there was some restructuring and then you were kind of forced mm-hmm. to find something new let's go back to that time how was that experience for you right I want to talk about you know some of the the, mm-hmm. the fears and uncertainties you, you, you're a family man you have kids to take care of and a wife and and how was that experience for you Stressful, right? Because uh, economically, you have to be able to pay to keep the lights on and to keep the food on the table. So it it was very stressful in that sense. But um, I I was lucky. I I, I have been lucky to have a trade because I I was working as an electrician at the time that I knew was in demand. So I was able to ease out of that by finding my own individual work. but it was a, it can be very scary because sometimes you are the, what you the the problem with being forced into something like that is that you might not have had the um, you know the the scaffolding you needed to make that transition easy. Right. 
I was at least lucky in that time because my wife was running her own business that I, uh, even though it was a lot of stress and we weren't, um, you know, it's not like we were thriving economically, but we were surviving, um, which, so that stress was alleviated. So things were a little easier, but then, you know, things start to affect you in a way um, uh, that perhaps can be negative. That sense of like this, I have, you know, you do, you never want to be in a position where you feel forced into a decision because of lack of planning, uh, because then you might make the wrong one. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I, it was getting to that. Uh, I was lucky enough to find the job I have now. Um, but I was, I did feel economically, uh, and that's part of what we were talking about before, about everyone not having the same opportunities, because if you are in that kind of economic crunch, then you tend to have to, or you're forced to make decisions um, that may not be the best for your growth, mm-hmm. um, but because you need, you have these responsibilities you need to come through on. Right. That's part of the uh, I think what makes it hard uh, for people who are, who do have those constraints, right? Right. But if you can plan for it, if you can have some kind of security in some way, I know it's really hard, but um, then you, you you can flow through these changes a little easier. Um, But it's tough. It's tough either way. Either way, it's really tough, but it's really hard when you need to, uh, you know, keep the lights on and food on the table. Because then it's harder to focus on yourself, right? What you want. Right. You tend to focus on what you have to do. Right. Okay. So so I guess uh, you were fortunate that you were able to build some cushion before that happened where you had some, some runway, let's call right. it, where you got to uh, make a decision based, a more balanced decision, right? Not just the first opportunity that came, something that matched your, your skills and, and some of your your goals and what you were looking for, for your future. So it's a, it's a fortunate position to be in, but I'm sure there was a, a lot of feelings of, of uncertainty um, at that time, right? So when, when mm-hmm. you think about being in between jobs, what would you say was, was the biggest fear that that was coming to you at that time? Well, for me personally, it was, um, I was moving into, cause I did spend, um, it was like a good five years as an electrician because I went from university right into that. So, uh, so I didn't, I, I had little experience in the, uh, you know, what we, the cubicle life or the office life. So that was a big stressor for me. Uh, like I said, I, I tend to see those challenges a little bit um, like opportunities. So I, it wasn't overwhelming, but it definitely was a stress. Um, and how I dealt with it was uh, talking to my friends um, and um, other resources to kind of educate me on that so I can become aware of it, even though so much time had passed since I've been there from uh, until the, I was actually going to apply, you know, the whole interviewing process. But then actually on the job, all that was very stressful because I had been in the, uh, I'd been pulling wire and, and swearing all day with a bunch of other weirdos. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so that was, uh, that was hard, uh, you know, kind of wrap my round uh, mind around that. But I, I've always been like this. So although it's a little different in the, Electrical field. No disrespect to the, the electricians, though. <laughs> no, not at all. No, no, that's what I'm saying. So it, um, 
you have the freedom because you're by yourself with two three other guys and sometimes um in in an office setting it's your what you say is take is uh can spread around in different ways you're not as close to the people you work with maybe once you do get close like now now i might when i i went to work today I'm essentially the same person I was, uh, you know, five years ago pulling wire with a bunch of other dudes than I uh, that I was today at work with a, with whoever I was with today. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that I that for me was stressful because how was that going to work if I was used to this way? We tend to get used to our we're creatures of habit, right? right? I can tell you my first month at this job, I, I it was so intense for me because it was so different and so much information that I felt numb. It was like a weird cloud experience trying to deal with everything I had to learn to do my job, but then also all the social interactions. It was, uh, it was intense. Sure. But then when I coming out of that, it, I felt great. Sure. Sure. Right? Because, but let, let's go, let's go back into, let's go, sorry to interrupt, but let's go back into, into that month. Right. So leading up to it, there's the, there's the fear <laughs> yeah. of, you know, am I going to find the right opportunity? Am I going to be able to find work that, that I'm excited about? And then you, and then you get there, right? So from one fear transfers to, to the next, which is normal. Now it's a new situation, new environment, different mm-hmm. type of work, different type of people. And, you know, I, I've been in that position before and, and everyone listening when, when you're changing jobs, there's a feeling of almost, you know, what they call imposter syndrome, right? Where, oh, where yeah. you're, you're brand new and we put these pressures on ourselves where we think that we should already know everything that's happening from, from day one. So as you're learning, um, you want it to happen quickly, but in the beginning, you might feel like a bit of an imposter just because you're not at the same level because you're you're brand new at that specific job. So 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 tell me about that like mm-hmm. that first month or two. How 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 were you feeling about the work and your environment? I it was tough. Yeah, I have to be honest. Sometimes I still feel it. I think that's uh, <laughs> that's what it means to be human. Unless you are the most confident person on the world in the world, I um. It was really tough at that point because there were people there who it was hard because there, there were good people, but there were other individuals that are very competitive. Um, so they you had to protect yourself against that and, 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 and the feelings that brought. So if it's already already you coming into a new situation, you're already feeling like um, this is overwhelming. Um, this I the like I said the only way I dealt with it was just being super prepared. But even then I, I I felt it. But on top of that, I had people kind of pointing that out um, to our supervisor, not pointing it out directly, but kind of in meetings and things, kind of um, asking me questions that kind of made me uh, feel that tension that made me feel like I don't know what the hell I'm talking about because I just wasn't ready for that type of question. Um, and then, uh, for me, it was, so it was the, the, just a general feeling of like, I just don't belong here Right. that I had to deal with. But then I had to deal with these other individuals who were, who themselves must've felt like this and were kind of dealing with me in that way. Um, in the end I was successful. I became friends with those people and I made it through that hellish month, but, um, or whatever it was, six months. And like I said, I still 
and aspects of our lives, we still sometimes feel like we are, you know, faking it until we're making it, which is fun in a social or fun setting, but it's it can be stressful in a in a work situation. Right. It's something that I guess we we all go through, right? And 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 there's there's right. going to be some some self talk, right? Some some of our own voices in our head you know, telling us that maybe we, we don't belong there. Or maybe, maybe we, we tried to take too big of, of a jump and we start uh, doubting ourselves. Right. <laughs> yeah. So what, um, if, if you remember what, what were, what would you say to yourself to kind of calm you down and, and, and feel like it's going to be okay? Like how was, how was that self-talk? Do you remember? Yes. Yes. Uh, well, I dealt with it with, uh, my biggest strategy is just being overprepared. Um, but even then, I had to show up to the meeting where I was presenting, you know, the first week or the second week. And afterwards, feeling like I wasn't, you know, it didn't come across in the right way. And it's all about the stories we tell ourselves. So we, uh, I had to purposely think positive. I would let the negative feelings come. So this is my strategy on dealing with negativity in general. I like to go in the shower. Uh-oh. 10 minutes, 15 minutes shower. <laughs> and just feel it. Just feel it. So I go to the depths of whatever it is I'm feeling. Pain, hurt. I'm worth nothing. And this, why did I say that? Or some, you know, some things you, sometimes you say things that you regret and you're, ah, why? I feel it. Mm-hmm. I just dive into it. Shower's done. I come out and then I look in the mirror and then I remember all the things that I did right. And then that makes, starts to make me feel, po- uh, or make, you know, all the good things in my life. That starts to make me feel positive. And then I think on that situation with that positive outlook and it's never as bad because I had the chance to get rid of all that shit because really all that shit, all that background noise or all the, all that um, lack of a negativity, we'll call it, is when you're in it, every, it's like wearing a set of shit glasses and everything looks like shit. You take those glasses off, you can still see your mistakes, but they're not as deep. You know, and they're, they don't become mistakes. They become opportunities. That's why I've been saying opportunities this whole damn podcast. Right. You, every time you uh, fail in something, it's an opportunity. You, the only way you can see that is by taking your shit color glasses off. And you can never stop feeling that. So give your time, give yourself time to feel it. Right. Go into the shower. I recommend the shower because then you can cry your ass off. <laughs> and then you come out, you wipe it off and it's just like water gone. Right. Then look in the mirror, remember your good shit, remember all the times that you did well and all the times that you made people feel good and all the great ideas you've had, and then think on that very unique, uh, you know, specific example that got you so down, and it's not going to ever be as bad. And if it is, it's always an opportunity to deal with. Right, right. An opportunity uh, for, for, for growth, for sure growth yeah yeah so this is why i was curious to know you know how how you've been able to thrive where i felt like it was on your own without professional help even though you you know mentioned that before we met so we're talking about you being really young 
but you know those are strategies yeah. that that we we forget and 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 life go goes on so even the strategy you're using here with being able to mm -hmm. sort of release you know in in the shower it's 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 a technique that's <laughs> actually used you know in 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 some forms of of therapy right it's a way of of releasing that that tension that that you that you have so even that how did you how did that become something that you do or that you even thought to try or is it just life <laughs> took you there and you just found yourself you know being yeah. pissed off or sad or whatever in in the shower on your own and, and just kind of dealing with it how did that happen yeah it was uh life took me there it, was, it comes from my first uh, big heartbreak um and i i couldn't cry you know i still find it hard to cry in not in that specific uh you know atmosphere um and i was just i felt like a uh you know my heart was broken and i felt so hard um and then it just one day went into the shower maybe a week after it happened went into the shower and then just everything i just dropped to my knees and just released and it was horrible but it afterwards it felt better right <laughs> still felt horrible right. and then and then that kind of became that 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 feeling of release became um i don't know needed is all like how uh, the only way i can describe it um so it, it doesn't always get to that point sure. um but there, you know i still use that as a as a coping mechanism f through life, man. There's nothing like that kind of release, and and you know what? As I've grown through life, and the and, and as I've been connected to people in a deeper way, there's nothing like that kind of release with someone that is empathetic to your situation. So, and I assume that's what therapy is, and or I assume that's what everyone has with hopefully with their loved ones, with their partners. Um, I didn't for a long time. Um, but I do now, and I, and there's nothing. I still find benefit to just cry in the shower by myself. Right. But uh, but there's nothing like crying with someone who's truly empathetic, who truly understands you and knows you, because then they can give you perspective as well, mm -hmm. right? Right. And that's nice to hear in those moments, which I never had growing up. So this this coping mechanism was a way of handling, is a way of li of dealing with pain, um, because I never really had, uh, like I said, any kind of like someone there to give me perspective especially you know my childhood and into my into my late 20s right. i would say very interesting that just life life took you there and you you saw sort of the the benefits and then the light at at the end of of the tunnel and and you made it okay with yourself to go to that place as a form of healing right because i think what keeps us uh, in, in bad places longer is is the feeling of trying to suppress it right and not letting not mm -hmm. letting things go um, and and so that's um, something that uh, is not easy to do right but it can can be can be helpful and and it doesn't it, you, you know it, it doesn't have to be uh, crying it could be it could be laughter it could be shaking as well there there are other forms of of release that that is is taught in um, you know co-counseling is one of the, the the programs that that teaches that right having somebody 
you know, listening to you and you're able to release once you're able, once you start to feel that buildup of tension. So whether it's anxiety of fear or, or anything that, or sadness, right. Just as a way to, to release. It's interesting that you discovered that, that on your, on your own and, and go back to that. So that, that, that's interesting. So now I do see you as a, a confident person and that view hasn't changed even though i now know you cry in the shower constantly <laughs> but i still all the time buddy. i still see you as a confident person now what, what what would you say is 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 a fear that you still kind of deal with that's maybe irrational or people that know you very well would be surprised to know about you it's hmm. an interesting it's a good question um, I have, I'd have to say right now at this moment, the, the biggest fear that I have is not <laughs> being able to accomplish one specific thing in my life. Um, very specific by the mm -hmm. way, um, because, um, of my own character flaws. Uh, so I guess, I would, I guess the, uh, I'd have to say fear of success and one particular or many um, particular things, but because of one particular character flaw or one crutch, um, I'm scared to bring it up here because uh, I know what it means to bring up you know, that kind of stuff to uh, the guru of change, um, but I will anyway. So for mm -hmm. me, it's, I have a, a very, I'm very, very frightened about my ability to, my, or my uh, my ability to quit smoking. It's even hard to say. Right. Um, I say it. I I, I I want to, and I, I. But it's just such a crutch for me that it scares me so, um, about my um, success in it. Right. Um, I guess it's very unique, um, and that's a very specific thing. But it is something that I—it's like a monkey on my back that I have not been. I able think to that it's—it's um, it's not. You're not alone in this, right? It's—you've been able to accomplish other things, and and it's still a struggle, right? So I can see why it's—it bothers you. Mm -hmm. And yes, it bothers me. It makes me feel weak, right? Sure. It's something that has power over me. That I don't uh, hope, you know, normally day to day, I push it aside. I'm trying to, uh, not even to think about it, but it's when the, you put in effort and it still comes up in your face. That's what I'm saying to, uh, that's what I brought up at the beginning. Um, it's just to do it, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, that fear in the back of your head, mm -hmm. it says, you'll never do it. This week, I got gotcha. you. This, I'm never letting you go, you know, but you uh, have to fight it. So in my more rational times, I'm like, yeah, this is it. I'm done. I know this is my plan. And I've been successful for, for years uh, off of it. But I'm always back on this damn thing, you know? So it's the one thing that I would say I'm scared about, you know? Sure. Or uh, one of many, because I, like, I guess I'm not perfect in anything else. But right. That's the one that comes to mind. My, my biggest failure. Sure. My hardest fight, I guess. Right. Yeah, and I could see it. I could see it being um, a tough mental battle because I've I've been there myself as as a, a formal a former smoker. I've smoked less than for less a uh, shorter period of time than, than than you. So I know that over time, 
the addiction becomes harder and harder to um, to kick, right? And and it is tough because when you look at other aspects of your life, you're able to accomplish a lot. You do have strong willpower and you're able to do a lot of things that are not necessarily easy. And then having this one thing that just, you know, it's it's constant and, and you know, we try not to think about it because it, it brings us down and then we set dates, we, we, we push it forward to, to another time and, and here it is again. But you're definitely not alone, man. It's one of the biggest industries in the world is, is the tobacco industry, right? So it's it's designed to get people hooked, right? And there's enough chemicals in there that just fucks with your brain. So this is outside it's outside of willpower, right? And 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 I could say that through through experience, um, and so it's something that you will will keep trying until one day you you will get it. And again, you said it earlier that you, you can't be you can't be hard on yourself, right? Because you you do have the desire. It is just something that's uh, that's gripped you, and you're gonna keep trying until someday you will you will succeed. Yes, I will. Um, but it, you know, it's that back of your mind fear that I'll never shake this damn thing. But I will always keep trying. We have a segment on the show called Fearful Action Challenge, and that's where I challenge my guests to stop making noise in the background. I will start over. <laughs> Sorry, I was cleaning okay. my. Okay. Sorry, I'm fidgety. So we have a segment on the show called uh, the Fearful Action challenge where i challenge my guests to do something that scares them and uh, you can challenge me to to do the same right so we might have to brainstorm to to come up with something so i wanted to pick something and and announce it here on the show and of course you have to agree because if i'm pushing you to do something you don't want to do it's going to go nowhere and it makes no sense right but the idea is at some point i would be interviewing you again to talk about different subjects and then you and i can sort of check in on you know, whether or not we were able to uh, accomplish and overcome uh, that fear. Cool. Are you up for the challenge? Depending on the challenge? Okay. Yeah, so yes, the, I you am know up. what? I haven't given much thought to actually pick something that I think you would be afraid of, but you did mention something today, right? Uh-oh. So you mentioned something today on, on the show about the fear of failing with attempting to to quit smoking right so That's you right. talked about as as a possible solution or uh, or that step one towards your goal is getting into vaping so could we set that as a challenge that tomorrow Definitely. why not tomorrow tomorrow whatever it is if you have to go and get the flavors or the machine or whatever you got to do can we set it as a challenge tomorrow you take step one towards quitting smoking I am willing to take that challenge, but I will, I, I, I have to postpone it until Thursday, which is one, two, three days from now. Oh, let's stick to that. I was going to say three months from now, quit the vaping, but that's too far out. Right. I'm going with Dreves at the end of the week to get the vape, and I'm on that shit. So if the... I, if I will hold your audience and you, Jules, are going to hold me accountable. So I can announce something here that is um, on my list that I would challenge myself to do. So in my coaching business, one of the ways that I acquire 
clients is through cold calling. And because most people, even professional salesmen, hate cold calling because there's a lot of rejection. So when you think about fear, you're calling a complete stranger who has not asked to be called by you. You're bothering him while he's having dinner with his family and then you're trying to introduce him to the idea of working with you as a client. That's not fun. So three months into my business, I hired somebody to do that work for me. So I have a challenge here for myself, uh, which I will do next week. Uh, I have a date set. Fr next Friday is when I'm going to be doing it. So I'm going to be making 10 uh, cold calls, which I haven't Ooh. done in over a year. And the anxieties were so great where I literally, it would take me hours of just sitting there and rehearsing and what am I going to say? And if they say this, I'm going to say that and all of this. And then two, three hours would go by and I've made one or two calls. And then the whole day is filled with anxiety and zero productivity. So it's not that I'm going to go back to cold calling because I found better ways to acquire customers but it's just to prove to myself that it is a challenge that's worth doing. And in the end, it's just a conversation with another human, right? I have to tell myself that. Now it's easy saying it when I don't have the phone in front of me ready to call. <laughs> but I'm going to remember yeah. this conversation when I make those calls. And then at some point, I will report back and let you guys yes. know how cold calling went. <laughs> <laughs> so, maybe you could record a cold call and put it up on here uh i think i can but it would probably be illegal uh there's mm. some states in the u.s where if one party knows it's being recorded it's legal yeah, yeah, which yeah. makes no fucking sense right well it's just yeah, like oh privacy. yeah i knew that i was in the bathroom watching her shower so that's legal i knew about it <laughs> Like, that makes no sense at all, right? If both people don't know they're being recorded, they should not be allowed to record. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. So we have the challenge set. I'm going to be making 10 cold calls, and you're going to uh, start vaping uh, yes, within the next, the next three days, right? That's and right. I know three months sounds like a lot, but three months comes oh, up yeah. right no, so ha having having a deadline um is better than not so why not yeah. give yourself if you're comfortable with three months M let's make that the date you got january february march so by april fools you will no longer be a smoker all right let's do it that's actually what i wrote in my calendar i just hate saying it publicly because then i let everyone down no you don't you not don't. this time you won't, you won't let anybody down because if you're if you're making if you're making the attempt right every time you think and talk about it you have true intentions on making it happen you're gonna try your best and you're gonna make it happen right and right. i don't want to talk about what happens if it doesn't happen because that's also part of the mindset you want to change every time you right. talk and think about it it's april 1st i'm no longer a smoker and that's it not if this happens then that happens there is no ifs there is no plan b the idea is april 1st you are no longer a smoker and that's what we're going to say for the next couple months and you have tons of support you've been able to put in time before and you will yeah. be able to uh to succeed i definitely believe that that you can right you're welcome. Thank you, so, Jules. 
Now, the last uh, question I have, right? So if you can send a message of hope that plays on everyone's phone in the entire world when they first wake up, first thing tomorrow morning, what would you say to them? I will say what I've been saying for years to people, and it's a quote I read uh, attributed to Plato, which is, be kind, because everyone's fighting a hard battle. That's great. I like that. I like it, and I like it. I like it coming from you, because you haven't said that specific phrase to me, but you do live your life in that way. When we have conversations and I point out something somebody did wrong, or I'm being judgmental towards some somebody, you've always helped me with that. Coming back to a place of, of empathy and understanding that not everybody has had the same opportunities as we have, right? And the idea of just being kind, we don't know. And also what you've taught me is being curious more than judgmental to what the other person must have gone through or seen in their lives to make the decisions that they that they did. And we also fuck up. We are not perfect. So who am I to look at somebody else and say that, they're wrong. There is no wrong. There is just different. And I learned that from you. So I appreciate that very much. Thank you, Jules. All right, my I friend. I appreciate you as well. Awesome, man. It's been uh, great, great talking to you. And uh, I wish you um, all the best. We will see you soon. And, uh, you know, in a couple days, you will be vaping. In three months, you will be saving a shit ton of money. So one thing <laughs> I suggest that you do is this is hard work. And you deserve to be rewarded. Start tallying up how much money you're going to save. And hopefully your wife can join the fight. And then you guys can plan a vacation or something that you're both excited about. That you can already start envisioning what you're going to do with that money. It could just be saving or it could be paying bills or a gift for your kids. Or a vacation with the family. Whatever that is. But start envisioning yourself as a non-smoker and what you're going to do with your reward to yourself great idea i'll definitely do awesome that. buddy take care thank you hi guys thanks for listening to the show and this episode you just listened to we touched a little bit on how to build self-esteem and uh, if you want to take a deeper dive listen to episode two how to build self-esteem now where we take a deep dive into actionable steps you can take to build your self-confidence and self-esteem Thanks again for listening.